This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about creating that accountability culture. And the reason we want to create an accountability culture is because you will get more profound results in your organization and your people will enjoy working there more when there is an accountability culture. So let's talk about what's required in putting that together and in cultivating it. So number one, It's important for the people in your company to be inspired. And I use that word intentionally because accountability is not something that you can just foist onto people or force to happen or mandate from a top-down position. People have to be inspired to take responsibility and accountability. So what's in that inspiration? You want to be able to articulate the values in your organization. What do you stand for? What is it that you're living out in the world? You want to be clear about who we are. What is it that we do? What are our clear goals and our clear objectives and our clear targets? And each person who works in your organization, needs to really understand that same degree of clarity for their position. In other words, what are you expecting of that person? What do their results look like in terms of living out the values and in terms of adding value to who you are and what you do? So that's number one, getting clear on all of that and inspiring your people to sign up and say, yes, I want to be a part of an organization that's living those kind of values. Number two, you really want to provide relevant business data. And what I mean by this is if I'm going to be held responsible and accountable for my results, I have to understand how the actions that I take every day, how they affect the company's profitability and success. I need to see the impact of my decisions. So this is a form of feedback that a company really needs to provide to employees so that employees really start having what I call the owner's mindset. So if you want to increase accountability, it means you want people to take ownership. So if you want to create an owner's mindset, you have to provide the employees with some owner-like information. Now, I understand I work with many privately held companies, and they may not wish to reveal and open up the entire set of books and show that to the company. That's understandable. However, you want to select some key business drivers and results that would help your people see when they're succeeding at meeting the mission and when they need to turn a dial and maybe make some changes to succeed in a better way. So number two, provide relevant business data as feedback so that they can live out 
those inspired values that we talked about in number one. And then number three is focus on solutions and results. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I talk frequently about creating that learning culture as opposed to a culture of blame. So when you're focusing on solutions and when you're focusing on results, you're really pushing decision-making down to all possible levels in the organization. So that therefore, no matter what a person's position, there's some level of initiative that they can take to get the results that the company is looking for. And of course, they're getting those results in line with the corporate values at the same time. And so if you're wanting to increase accountability, it's more about, okay, we see there's issue over here, or we see there's an opportunity, and now how do we take advantage of it? How do we leverage? Or if something needs to be fixed, how do we fix it? Not the finger pointing who to blame or who to throw under the bus because this is going on. That's not an accountability culture. And so you don't want that, but you really want that focus on solutions and results. Number four, you want to treat mistakes as learning opportunities. So often in organizations, they'll do okay with number one, two, and three until a mistake is made. And then all of a sudden, you'll see heads rolling, people being shot and killed. And in that context, fewer people are going to step up to take accountability because the end result is something that they don't want to experience. So rather than using mistakes as an opportunity to harm, punish, kill people, see it as a learning opportunity and ask the question, what can we learn from this mistake? What do we need to do more of, less of, so that we prevent that in the future? And how might we move forward so that this mistake doesn't happen again? And that brings me to number five, where you really create the after-action review process, which when I was in the Army, we used the after-action review. And I love that process because no matter what activity you're engaged in, you actually take the time at the end of that activity to talk about what went well, what didn't go so well, how would we improve going forward? And you're really looking at a prism from all different angles. And you're looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Again, not for the purpose of blaming people, but more for the purpose of co-creation together, more for the purpose of figuring out what to do differently the next time. That's what you're paying attention to. What can we learn How can we add to our fund of knowledge and information and get better results? And in those after-action review meetings, all subjects are discussable. There's not anything that's too bad to talk about. So when an organization discovers by practice that they can talk about really tough, difficult subjects and still live to see another day, that increases accountability. And then number six on creating accountability is you want to develop leaders at all levels. Because as you're learning, you're going to find out there are going to be gaps in people's learning. In order to get the results that you want, they may have to learn something they don't already know. Well, you as an organization, you want to be very mindful of your responsibility 
to also provide those learning vehicles, learning tools, and learning opportunities. So it's not enough just to identify the problem. Also be thinking about your solutions to it in-house as well and giving your people the resources that they need. So that's developing individual leaders and also developing teams as well. And then number seven, I would say, if you want to create an accountability culture, spotlight examples of people who are living out those values, producing those results, and adding value. It's those stories that you lift up and show every day, right on the plant floor, something that's happening. It's those stories that make a difference in terms of people even wanting to jump in and be accountable. So those are the seven things. One, inspire the organization, have clear goals and objectives that people can see in terms of how it gets the results. Number two, provide relevant business data so that they know how to manage their own behavior and the decisions and choices that they're making. Three, focus on solutions and results rather than blame. Four, treat mistakes as learning opportunities. And five, conduct after-action reviews or other co-creation forums where everything can be talked about and you can figure out what to turn up or down. And then number six, develop leaders at all levels, including at the team level. And number seven, spotlight examples of people living the values and adding value. Now, you may do all of this, And still there may be some things that get in the way. So I want to talk about three watch outs or what gets in the way. Number one, and this is huge, that's leaders in significant roles and positions not practicing what they preach. If this is what you want to build into your organization, then even at the most senior levels, your leaders have to live out the accountability culture themselves. That means that let's say maybe it's the CEO of the company recognizes that he or she made a mistake to be able to come in and say, you know what, here's a mistake that I made. I recognize that I made that mistake and here's what I did about it. When you say that and you're the CEO, you are demonstrating that that's the kind of organization this is. It's okay to talk about mistakes. It's okay to talk about learning. I'm going to do it. And I'm finding my errors and I expect you to do the same. Now, conversely, if the senior leaders are telling you to practice what they're preaching, but they're doing the opposite and every time mistakes occur, they're pointing fingers and blaming people and causing harm, people are going to follow not what you say, rather what you do. So that's a watch out that gets in the way. Leaders not practicing what they preach. Number two would be the failure to highlight and celebrate successes. I find that so many leaders don't understand the importance of this piece. They believe somehow that the culture will create itself. It's your highlighting of the successes and celebrating them and holding them up in front of the organization on a regular basis that actually has your organization focused on that success. You get more of what you emphasize. And so with number two, don't then fail to highlight 
those successes. And then number three would be failure to give people and the teams the feedback that they need. That's both the positive and the negative feedback. And with the positive significantly outweighing the negative. And you've probably heard me say before, you want four times as many of the positives as the negatives. However, what I often see is senior leaders often being very heavy handed, coming in and pointing out all of the mistakes, all of the errors, giving the negative feedback liberally. And you have then a disenchanted workforce who is feeling like there's nothing they can do right. And they're demoralized and losing energy. And therefore, what they are doing right, they may even stop doing that. So you don't want to be a part of that watch out. And instead, you want to regularly give your people and teams feedback they can use, both positive and negative, with a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of the positive. So as we've been talking about building this culture of accountability, my questions for you today are, are you walking your talk? Remember, people will follow what you do far more than anything that you say. So are you setting the right action to go with your words so that you build and reinforce a positive, results-driven culture of accountability? Now, if you're an executive leader out there and you're looking at your organization and you're seeing that the culture of accountability is not quite dialed in and you're wondering what you need to do to shift the dial, give me a call. That's what I really specialize in. I love to create cultures of accountability and learning cultures that get results. And I'll probably see something that you may not see being so close to it that will facilitate your movement forward in the right direction. So look forward to hearing from you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources. <music>